Jeremy Piven here. I've been in your living rooms for years, not in a creepy way, performing for you. You know me from movies like Serendipity, Old School, and of course, Ari Gold and Entourage. Maybe you've seen that, or maybe you've been in a cave in Kabul. <laughs> I know what you were thinking. We need another podcast, said literally no one ever. But how about this? It's called How You Live In Jay Piven. I get to interview my friends like the great Jamie Foxx, who drops the glove, says whatever he wants. Even when Ray came along in the Oscar, right? I didn't keep the Oscar in my house. I gave it to my manager. I said, take this shit. It's a different kind of power. Like I almost started talking in an English accent when I got <laughs> Ray was more about the guy. I was like, get this shit out of my I get to interview people that I'm fascinated by, like the great Mark Cuban. So when is Mark Cuban gonna be president? I don't know. You know, it's not my dream job, man. I'd rather have another eight episodes of Entourage. Ah! Entourage, Entourage 2.0. I have real relationships with these people. Like my guy, Common. The first film I got to do was with you, man. Smoking Aces, and that was the, one of the best experiences I've had. Like I saw you on stage at the House of Blues, and I immediately called up Joe Carnahan, the director, writer, and I said, Joe, we found our dude. Man, thank you, brother, thank you. Th listen, thank you, now, now give me a job. <laughs> <laughs> I get to sit with the incredible Tiffany Haddish. My vagina is a house. Like, everybody can't come inside your house. Don't throw house parties. My grandma taught me how to value myself as a woman. Right? right? right. And there's been 39 motherfuckers in my house. Boom! Beat out! <laughs> I've been on the road, I've been doing stand-up, and I really feel like all roads lead to the How You Live in Jay Piven podcast. Let's get into it. How You Live in Jay Piven. New episodes dropping every Wednesday on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to rate, review, or subscribe. It really helps us. You can also watch us on YouTube. Just search How You Live in Jay Piven. Let's get into it. Let me know when we're rolling. We are rolling. Oh, we're rolling. Oh, we're rolling. <laughs> we're rolling, oh, dude. It's all a... Oh, we're in. We're in. We're in it here on the About Last Night podcast with the one and only Jeremy Piven. Jeremy, you, uh, you've done it all. And now you're doing more than doing it all. <laughs> I don't know how to start ever. I don't never know how to seeing you in an alley is, is, uh, throwing me off. But I also feel like as an actor, as someone who started on the stage, you know, yes. you are someone who, uh, you know, has to use your environments. I'm sure you started in those black box theater days when there were no sets. Right. And you had to truly use your imagination and, uh, assimilate, I think is the word to your, uh, surroundings. Do you feel like, do you feel like there's um, a spot that you need for Jeremy Piven to go to feel truly comfortable? Or are you such a chameleon because, you know, again, I'm going to fly around here, but going from the stage to now back to the stage to do stand-up, which you're now uh, traveling the country doing and uh, and deep into the thick of it and have put in all the reps. Uh, is there one place when you're not on stage that you go to, like an alleyway that you're in right now in Colorado Springs, to decompress? 
uh, we, we, you and I decompressed on the road together um, many times. In cryo machines. Uh, Let it, me just say what it. it, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> it, it <laughs> by the way, I you know I asked our man one time. I said, "Listen, I'm playing a role where my character is much younger, and do you have any advice?" And he said, "Oh, absolutely." He goes, "You have to fast." He goes, "I go okay, no, I'll fast." He goes, "That's the fountain of youth." I go, "Done," because I need to look a lot younger. And he goes. Because I'm thinking, okay, you know, they have intermittent fasting, 16 yeah. hours, 18 hours. He said that I needed to fast for three days. And I was like, brother, my, my people went through the Holocaust. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, I, want a, I want a sandwich. Yeah. I'm not going to, no. no I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to fast. Uh, could you fast for three days? Fuck no. Dude, even when, um, uh, you know, it, truly, uh, look, in the thick of my Yom Kippur days, which for the uh, non-Jews... <laughs> You know, that's that's when we repent for our sins by by what is it, 48 hours? Not even to not eat or drink. It's really 24 hours, really 24. I'll be honest. That was a lot as a kid, especially a fat kid in Seattle when there's when it's during the rainy season. Uh, you know, I mean, it was always a roll of the dice with fall weather in Seattle when Yom Kippur fell. Yeah. So if I couldn't even go outside to distract myself and I'm indoors with the TV and what goes with the TV, if you're a fat kid snacks and if I can't have right. snacks, I mean, it's just it was double trouble. But um, yeah, I don't know. How many years? It, it, oh, it's go ahead. a great way to introduce. It's a great way to introduce Jewish kids to religion. Just starve them, <laughs> and then make them feel guilty and, and you know repent for them sin, their sins. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. You you brought up like you know, in the beginning of the of your of your intro, um, what's like the weirdest kind of I, I've had. You don't understand like. When I started in Chicago theater, we were doing a play. I started a theater company with John Cusack called The New Criminals. And we were doing a play and the cast outnumbered the audience. Oh, my God. Yeah. And um, I was playing a role in Major League. Remember that movie a million years ago? Major League. Okay, so I was playing a role. And so I used to drive to Milwaukee County Stadium uh, and then back for for the curtain. And I remember I just barely made the curtain and I was playing the wild man of Borneo, who is uh, a man who is, they found him in the, in the jungle. And so I had no clothes on and I had war paint on and I just sprinted on the stage and looked out and saw, you know, I usually head into the audience and do some madness. And I did. And then they got up and left. And then we had, I, you know, the 11 people in the audience, half of them left. So we were left with a few people at the very end. So, you know, I've, I, I come from a place where, you know, I've seen these, I've seen these rooms that are, are heavy lifting. Do you, uh, do you miss your theater days? Like I'm always fascinated by people that had such a, uh, have that be such a big part of their start and, you know, and to transition to to film and TV and now stand up, like which I'm sure is filling that. It's why I started stand up because I was doing so much theater, not as much as you had done, but high school and college, and I was like, I still need that live fix. So, what's a way I can get that immediately without 
you know, having to try to find a, a show to get into and, and, and get into one, right? Here's a show I can do right now, even if it is for four people at midnight. Like, do you, how often are you thinking back to those days with CUSAC and be like, man, we should get the band back together and, and put on another show? Or is that like chapter of your life kind of putting on pause right now? Um, you know, it, it, it's this, this journey right now, as you know, more than anyone, you know, fulfills so many needs Yeah, because, you know, you're on the road and you're performing all the time. It's funny. I went back to do a movie recently and I thought, you know, I was going to be rusty because I've been, just been doing stand up. And what's interesting is one informs the other and fuels the other. I mean, you know, from going back and forth now, you're, you're doing one of the, another rock project. I couldn't sleep last night thinking that, you know, how do we make more money for the rock? And so I, I want to thank you. You know, seriously, I want to thank you for, for really just yeah, dude. doing my making part. him more. Yeah. Making him more prolific. Cause we got the young rock now. Right. And mm-hmm. I'm hoping we're going to have the old rock, dude. Yes. The rock of ages, the rock of ages, <laughs> rock of ages. It's going to be coincidentally it's based on his life. It's just, they did, you know, they made it seem like it was about a whole different, you know, time period, but it's, you know, you just got to, do some digging and really understand what the story, where it came from. Absolutely. Would you do a, would you do a musical? We had a real nice clam bake. No, I wouldn't. I would not. <laughs> I would not do a musical. Thank you, though. By the way, cut to cut to somebody sees this and takes that little clip and it's like <laughs> hits you up and is like, Jeremy, we're doing uh, Wicked Two, uh, even uh, Wicked Electric Boogaloo. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, wait. Okay. So you're um, you're in, you're in Colorado Springs right now. You've been hitting the road. You've been hitting the road uh, yeah, get- hard. Tell me tell me about. Uh, I'm not sure how many people are familiar with um, with when you made stand up a priority, a career shift, and uh, and what you've been loving about it. Because I, I you know I think I sat down with you pretty early into it when you just were like, yo, can yeah. I pick your brain and just kind of get an idea of what I'm headed towards, which I thought was smart and awesome because shit, I would have loved that. I think maybe two, three years in, I had people go out of their way to give me any sort of, I don't know, even if it was advice, but just kind of like some sort of reassurance uh, from somebody that's doing it that almost even knows you a little bit to go, yeah, you're not making a mistake. Like you can do, you know, and we'd known each other very, um, you know, briefly at that time, but but I was just like, yeah, man, this is the fucking, you know, I, the the move. And then seeing you like months later and being like, oh yeah, all the pieces are there. It's now just what's great about stand up. Now it's just the reps and the work. And you were like, yeah, well, I'm down to do that part. So let's go. Um, what what got you into yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, well, you you well, you know, I I, I talk about the fact that you know people want to know why I'm still single. Cause I'm 200 years old and it's not cute anymore. And I, <laughs> and I, I tell them that I've been married to my work, Yeah, you know, and then my, and then my work decide to see other people. And so, you know, so we, we, you have to like explore other avenues. And the reality is, um, you know, I come from an improv background. I come from second city sketch comedy. I mean, that's all sec, you know, part of my background in Chicago and all this stuff. So I've, I've done all these other arenas and lanes and so this truly is, a, a, you know, different end, same engine, different gear, um, which is much easier said than done. And as you could tell, I was asking you a million questions and I, I, uh, as you can attest to or not, you have to put your ego aside. 
Oh yeah. Uh, you know, and just talk to people and ask questions and, and try to try to figure it out. And that's what led me to my podcast, how you live in J Piven. <sighs> yeah. Nice transition. Thank you very much. <laughs> Professional. Um, alert. <laughs> yeah. Um, because a lot of, you know, when I would sit down with, with all these people, Tom Segura or Jamie Foxx or Tiffany Haddish. And initially it was, I was going to put together some sort of a documentary about standup. And I realized we've had a lot of those Yeah, and, um, and all of those conversations have led to this podcast that I've just dropped. And so, and I'm loving, loving that journey. As you know, it's just fun. Yeah. It, it was a, um, a natural transition for you because again knowing so many people from doing so many fucking cool projects i mean when we were on our way to that cryo place in arizona and you just generously were sharing stories with me and sandy danto and uh it was just like you could even see and hear in your voice you know and i don't know how much you are like reminiscing or or uh just remembering details. It's like once you do so much shit, it's like you end up telling us some Seinfeld stories that felt like you hadn't told them in a hot minute, which I thought is always cool when you can kind of trigger something in someone and, and have you sense in us the enthusiasm of like wanting to hear some shit. And then, you know, you could hear it in your voice being like, all right, let me t- let me kind of make your guys' day with some cool ass stories from something you definitely loved. Um, well, it wasn't even that. It was, to be honest with you, um, I really hadn't told those stories and oh, no wow. one, you know, I, I, I was telling you that I was on the Larry Sanders show yes. and I run into Mark Hirschfeld, who's the casting director. And he says, Oh, would you like to audition, you know, to play George on Seinfeld? And I had never seen the show because I was living in the, in a pool house without a TV oh while God. I was a, a series regular on a TV show because I'm a dummy. <laughs> I didn't have a TV. So I was like, and, and I'm such a hungry actor. You never turn down an opportunity. So I went and auditioned and I had met Jason Alexander. Uh, and so I did my Jason Alexander impersonation and I got the part. And it was probably the best way to meet all of them because I met the Beatles without knowing they're the Beatles. Yeah. So that was cool. Yeah. And they were amazing anyway. So I had a great time and I, you know, was was a part of something incredible for, for a brief moment. When you're in Chicago growing up and you said you got in a second city doing sketch and improv, is it almost like if you have the acting or comedy bug in you, is that just a move? Like when you're fortunate enough to be around it and have family that's that's in the uh, theater world already, like is it was it just an obvious like, all right, cool. Like when I get to the appropriate age, second city is going to be a part of the journey. Well, yeah, but I mean. I, I had been, I started on stage at the Piven Theater at about eight years old. Wow. And so, I, and I was butchering Chekhov and, and I was butchering all the greats from a very early age. And so by the time, you know, you leave college at 23 and I went to NYU and studied theater and blah, blah, blah. You know, you, I immediately wanted to get into, cause I was watching Saturday Night Live and a huge fan. And so the move is to, audition for, for second city. So yeah, that is the dream. That's the ultimate dream. Or the, my dream was really to be the first Jewish linebacker, but <laughs> they don't have any five foot eight Jewish linebackers in the NFL. Not I don't yet. know why. Not with that attitude. Not yet, bro. See, we're all, everyone that gets close just talks himself out of it. He's like, dude, there's no way I'm going to make it, but there's not enough. Right. I mean, I think we have maybe, 
I don't know, count them on your hand, Jewish athletes that have really made a splash. Every time someone, I do a joke about that with you know not being any uh, really powerful NBA uh, Jews, and people always come up to me after the shows and go, Jordan Farmar, or the same, somebody I've never heard of. And I'm like, that's what I'm talking about, man. Jordan Farmar's fine, but like I'm talking like somebody that really... You know, is like I can't. You know, gets uh, you know a lot of uh, you know media attention because he can't play on Shabbat, so he takes off a game four of the finals. You know what I'm saying? Somebody that's really, right. you know, dedicated. Like if you know, if Michael Jordan was like, dude, it's you know, it's uh, it's Sukkot. Like I'm not. I always said I'm not playing on Sukkot. And a lot of non-Jews again are like, is what? What the fuck is that? Is that that sounds. That sounds like well, no. Listen, we got some heroes. We got Sandy Koufax. We have the great sure. Julian Edelman. Who, Julian Edelman just retired. You That's know, right. They're out there. They're out there, my friend. But I'm talking. I'm talking NBA though. Find find a basketball one for me. Amari Stoudemire converted and then blew out his knee. So it's like that fucking didn't do us any favors. Let me tell you something. I got my second bar mitzvah in Israel in front of Amari Stoudemire. What? I have pictures. I'm, I'm going to send you pictures of us at the Wailing Wall. He watched me do my Haptorah portion. I swear to God. I swear to God. This sounds like a Make-A-Wish uh, situation. How did you get Amari Stoudemire to come to your second bar mitzvah? <laughs> um, you know, we we had a group of uh, we had a group of of athletes and, and actors and. Um, just a, an incredible group, George St. Pierre and whatnot. And, and we all went to Israel together and we were, we're in the Dead Sea. It was like a Make-A-Wish. It was incredible. Hey guys, Adam Ray here for the About Last Night podcast. Are you a man? What's up, dude? Are you going bald? Sorry, two out of three men will experience some form of hair loss by the time they're 35. Shit, I'm 39. Well, you know what? If my shit starts to go, that's just my fucking journey. And more than 50 million men in the U.S. suffer from male pattern baldness. I got buddies that have gone bald, family members, good friends, good comic friends that uh, have gone bald. And look, there's only two FDA-approved medications out there that can prevent hair loss. And Keeps offers both. What is Keeps? I'll tell you, Mom. Keeps offers a simple, stress-free way to keep your hair. Because look, keeping your hair is something we all want. Nobody wants to be seeing their own reflection in a pond off their head. If you sign up for Keeps right now, you're going to get convenient. Keeps offers convenient virtual doctor consultations and medications delivered straight to your door every three months so that you don't even have to leave your home. The cost is low. How much? Well, treatment started just 10 bucks per month. And Keeps offers generic versions, okay? The packaging is discreet so that your neighbors aren't like, hey, what's going on? You lose your hair? You're like, fuck you, Rob. And the results are proven, okay? Keeps has more five-star reviews, which is huge, than any of its competitors. Look, prevention is key. Treatments can take four to six months to see the results, so act fast. And if you want to act fast and start turning your shit around and getting that head full of stuff, and by stuff I mean hair, it's ready to take action and prevent that hair loss. So go to keeps.com, K-E-E-P-S.com, slash last night to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's keeps.com slash last night to get your first month free. Keeps.com slash last night. Time to fill that head up with some hair. Yeah, I know you're a big Hoops fan, big Chicago Bulls fan. Um, yeah. What's this movie? I mean, your relation with Jamie Foxx, I know, goes goes way back. But um, is it All-Star Weekend? Is that movie still on the, on the horizon? Well, Jamie's been... Uh, uh, we we were filming it the evening that Trump was elected. Wow. And I'll never forget it. I was one of the only white boys on set. 
which reminds me of how I grew up because <laughs> yeah. I grew up in this. No, I'm not, I'm not just saying that. Oh, for real. It, that's yeah. That's not a joke. <laughs> so, um, I just, I, I don't know if I've ever had a better time. I mean, that, that cast was, it's, it's a, it's a terrible cast. It's like Jamie and, and Benicio del Toro, and Robert Ugh. Downey Jr. And Eva Longoria. It's, it's a cast you don't want to see. Boo. They're just filled with, with, yeah. Who wants to, yeah, no one wins. Uh, and Jamie, Jamie's been editing it for four years and I think you should take more time. Cause <laughs> I'm thinking, no, no, I, I do. Cause I think when we're 70, you know, uh, put it that's out the time to, yeah, put it out. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> just walk, you know, uh, do you, I, and you got to be featured in the, uh, the whole last dance experience. That was fucking crazy. Yeah. I mean, to show you how badly I wanted that they came to me and I thought it was a joke. And I was like, you know, they're like, send us one 32nd clip of your, of any funny story you got or any story of, you know, you and, 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 you know, being a bulls fan, whatever. So I sent them 14, 32nd. And by the way, that's cut down. Yeah. I had to cut it down to 14 for sure. You know, and I just, I just wanted to go one for 14. That's it. Let me just go one for 14. And I did, I made it in and I'm trying to do a bit, you know, like, and you know, it's, it was fun and and it was an honor. It, It was incredible. I, you know, I, I watch that to this day and I think it's important for people to see because we, there was no social media then. And, you know, there's not a, a real reference in real time for what MJ was doing. And, and, you know, the people, the rest of his players were really honest. Like they said, he's an asshole and, you know, he is filled with tough love and MJ was the first one to say it. Like, this is who I am and this is what I believe it takes to win. And you either are with me or against me. And, and, you know, it, it, it worked. It worked for him. And uh, it was just beautiful to see. It's so rare to see that because everyone's yeah. on their best behavior now. Everyone. Everyone's doing some sort of performative gesture. They're a keyboard warrior showing that they're on the right side at all times. You know, and this is a guy going, this is who I was. Was he a hero to, I mean, everyone that lived in Chicago? Every time I showed up someplace, I'd be like, oh, fuck, you just missed MJ. And I, I was like, what's going on? I, I just never saw him. ever, like, ever, ever. And then, and then, you know, um, like where were those places? Would be like a, like a Panera bread or like a, a fucking, like a, you know, like a hot tub, you know, factory, like a hot tub factory. I don't know. I don't know where you get a hot tub. Yeah. I don't either, but, um, I would like to go to a hot tub factory with you. I think we've been to one. If I you mean, think about it. We were, I would we, love we, to watch. We've, <laughs> We've shared hydrotherapy together. Yeah, that's as close as you can get. (laughs) Dude, I would love to watch an indie movie uh, where you play a struggling hot tub salesman in like the Midwest. You ever see Cedar Rapids? I love that movie. So good. And so you is Um, a, I don't know what what the deal is. If you're recently, if if the marriage is falling apart, what's going on? But you're trying to get... You know, maybe you inherited the hot tub business. I don't know. I'm spitballing here, but there's just I see. I immediately just see you as this guy that we're rooting for. That's fucking maybe puts his whole family in a in a in a Winnebago and is like, I need to fucking do some grassroots marketing to get get people back on board with hot tubs. Yeah. Maybe maybe the de- the depression hit and that's what fucking you know. Or maybe you know, he- I, listen, I think me, bro. I think me traveling town to town trying to get people into my hot tub is not creepy at all. I think that's a great idea. <laughs> I'll, I'll email you a treatment tonight. That's a great idea. All right. 
You know, and I can no, sense no, this. Bro, that's amazing. And here's why. By the way, the reason I have, <laughs> I have this because I, I, and I've got tattoos. My neck tattoo just, I had a Irish pride neck tattoo that just went away because I just got done play, in this, doing this movie with Terrence Howard where I play a generational racist from Southie, from South Boston, nineteen seventy four. During during the during the uh, the busing. Uh, dismantling integration segregation situation wow um by the way say yeah, that 10 was, times fast really- sounds like a theater school vocal warm-up the fucking interrogation the awful of sizzle the unsuccessful sit thistle sit there unsuccessfully sit at three thousand thistles through the thick of thy uh, dismantling segregation bus 74 dismantling segregation sorry did you hear the news about the two jews who lost their shoes on the cruise pubic puke poop so many okay we're back <laughs> wait that's dope terrence howard and you that's a i mean that's a killer combo i can't wait to see that i'll tell you how that came about um i ran into him on the street and i'm just one of these people who you know, everyone's always playing it so cool, but I have no problem just going up. You're the you're the same way. You yeah. No problem saying, "Hey, man, I really love your stuff." I just, you know, why not? So I went up to him, and we were both young and hadn't really done much, and I was just telling him what a great actor I thought he was. Um, by the way, my battery, uh oh, my battery is at a certain point. It's just going to shut down. Great. So I say we just keep going. Yeah. In in honor of the Jews. Yeah. You know, maybe it'll be a Hanukkah miracle. Dude. Yeah. Whatever we got is whatever we were supposed to get. Sound good? There you go. Um, all right. Well, then let me let me pick up the pace. Here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get it. You and Terrence Howard are boys. Next question. Um, so can't, <laughs> can't wait to see that. Um, Jer, you, you know, again, so many comedies. I mean, from Seinfeld to Ellen to Larry Sanders show to fucking PCU to old. I mean, it's like you, uh, you know, and then. One of my favorite movies and one of my favorite parts of yours, quite honestly, it's Serendipity. Um, like, you're fucking flawless in that. And I think that movie is just very special. Um, and you and Cusack have the type of, you know, it, it's. I found out years later that you guys were even homies. And I'm like, oh, duh, because that was a true, like, you know, you want to see that type of uh, friendship in any movie between uh, fellas, but. Just especially for what that story was and who you were to him, it was like, I don't know, is that extra special having rapport already built in? And and, and is that easier for you? Uh, way easier when you when you grow up with someone, and you know, uh, we grew up with the work together, so we were you know doing, we were on stage together, doing you know improv sets, sketch comedy, and whatnot, and then. Um, so we we understood the rhythm and and a lot of that stuff wasn't scripted and it was a blast uh that was and it was one of those things where at at, at the time i remember auditioning for it not telling him and then calling him up and i was just so excited and um yeah that was you know it's one of those fun uh romantic comedies that have kind of people still talk about for some reason yeah when you're doing all these comedic performances was there ever a time when somebody, Ellen or Cusack or somebody that then said, like, have you ever done stand up? Because were you that funny guy on set, too? Like, or were you just all business? I'm sure in Entourage you were all business. But I mean, on all these, you know, 
shows where there's uh, seems a little bit more looseness and there's not so much, um, you know, where you have so much of the meat to uh, take care of. You know, it, it just, I've always been such a fan of it. Um, starting with Richard Pryor. Um, and it just seemed like this insane proposition to transform the space by yourself. Like, cause you know, when you're doing sketch comedy, you have everyone there with you and yeah. you figure it out together. So we just never, it wasn't, it wasn't something in reach. You know what I mean? It was just, it just wasn't something that we thought we could ever do. And we were always making each other laugh and, and doing impressions and fucking around at all times. But it was never like, but I remember the first time I did stand up, um, my agent said, uh, there's something called, you know, uh, just for laughs, uh, this little comedy festival. Yeah. And this is, you know, 10 years ago. And so I thought, he's like, you should do it. And I trusted him. And I go out there. I had a buddy of mine and we went out there and checked it out. And so we go, let's go check out the venue. We go the night before and uh, my buddy goes, what do you, what's going to be asked of Jeremy? What's going on here? They said, oh, okay, well, it's film live. And, uh, and I was like, oh, film live. Okay. And Jeremy will get up and do 20. And we were like, 20 what? They're like 20 minutes of what? Of stand-up. 20 minutes of stand-up li on live television. Wow. Yeah. And then he'll do a quick five around each one of the comics. Holy and his shit. face just went white. And, <clears throat> and he's just like, oh, okay, okay, uh, okay. And then so we went out to dinner and he goes, all right, here's the deal. You're going to tell me a story right now that you think it's just a, tell me a funny story. And I told him a story about taking my mother to the Golden Globes and we ran into Meryl Streep and my mom literally froze and couldn't move and couldn't speak. Whoa. It was just like this. Cause my mom just, you know, she's been my acting teacher since I was a kid. Yeah. We love Meryl Streep. Anyway. So he goes, okay, here's the deal. Forget about doing stand up. You can't learn how to do stand up in 24 hours. He goes, first of all, you have to play into what their perception of you is. They all think you're Ari Gold. So at various times, you're going to get phone calls and texts, and you're going to just keep celebrating yourself with you know various offers and whatnot. You have to play into this misconception. We don't have any time. And you're going to continuously try to tell this story. He planted himself in the second row. Then you're going to throw me out. And we figured out a way to cobble 20 minutes on live television. Wow. And I've, I've never seen it because with what I know now, it's the scariest thing in the world. And ignorance was bliss because I, I just did it. I just did it. I, so it wasn't stand-up. It was just like surviving. Dude, and, the, and the commitment on your part. I mean, and I feel like you've that's been a big part. I had of, no choice. Yeah. Well, you did have a choice, but you chose. I feel like, and it's a second nature move for you and i feel like it's always been this if you were on the stage since you were fucking eight which is crazy to me um i mean especially in stand-up because i've seen you just go you commit to stuff and that's one of the things i think we talked about where it was like and i think that's something that m most comics and you know i'm 15 years in still try to challenge yourself with like whether it's a new bit or you're in the pocket on stage riffing on something just to fucking stay in it and not bail because you know, you're you know you're going to be mad at yourself afterwards. You don't get to fully see how that bit was or grow. You only take steps backwards if you don't go for it. And um, you know, I just think that that's an easier said than done trait. But I feel like you've had that for a hot minute, and I'm sure that you know. And you've told me uh, filming Entourage how much 
for a character like that, you I mean, the confidence level, I think, just for you, Jeremy Piven, is already at a at a sweet spot. But I mean, you tell me, you're taking that up a notch for Ari Gold, yeah? I mean, how much of that are you like, yo, nothing's gonna phase this guy? Do you dissect the things pre-show of like, all right, here are the times when this guy's gonna maybe show signs of I don't know, true humanity or or not weakness, but where he can where his button buttons can get pushed to where he can kind of, you know, reveal a, a softer side. Yeah, I mean, Doug Ellen wrote a, wrote a brilliant script, and and um, I in a w- real in an interesting way, I think he might be the real Ari Gold. Oh wow! Even though it's really truly based, he's it's truly based on Ari Emanuel, right. obviously, who, who, who runs William Morris Endeavor and bought the UFC and is this kind of titan in the entertainment industry, and um, so it's based on him. But the therapy scenes were kind of taken right from Doug's life, you wow. know, and that's why they felt so real. So if you just invest in all the givens and throw yourself in, you, you know, you, you, I was in good hands with that, with that dialogue. And I had to, it was my job to make it all feel improvisational when the reality is that he was, you know, really looking at every word and making sure that, you know, it was kind of like your Haftorah portion. You can't start riffing on it. <laughs> Can you imagine improv Hebrew? <laughs> I I do I do some improv Hebrew in my set. Oh my god! All right, this is not the way to yeah. pitch people to come to your shows. <laughs> the last ten minutes is well, I, I, improvised Torah readings. You're like Jesus Christ! All right. Well, no, I mean it's because I grew up and I was the only white boy, and so I, I was a terrible bar mitzvah student, and the only way to learn my Torah portion was to do it was to rap it. So I, on stage at a certain point in my, I don't really do it anymore, but I would rap in Hebrew. Dude, I'm, all right, well, now you got me back. My interest is peaked. Yeah. Um, Rabotan, Nibirei, Yehish, Shimado, Nai, Mea, Rach, Mea, Taviyad, Alam, Till the sweat runs off my ball. Bring that beat back. That's, is that what that, man? Come on! Hey guys, Adam Ray here for the About Last Night podcast. Hope you're enjoying this episode. Obviously, it's a very difficult time for everyone right now. We're all uh, challenged in finding a day-to-day routine that uh, that makes our lives uh, consistent and awesome. And if there's something that's interfering with your happiness right now or preventing you from achieving your goals, BetterHelp Online Counseling is there for you. Uh, BetterHelp is a professional counseling service online, private, and it's so convenient. Um, I've used it for a little bit now. It's truly the only way uh, that I've found uh, to help get uh, my own issues dealt with on my own time uh, at my own pace. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions plus chat and text with your licensed professional counselor right now. They're specialized in depression, anger, stress, anxiety, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief or relationships, uh, sleeping, which I have a lot of uh, trouble with, trauma, self-esteem, anything that you share with them is confidential. And guess what? If you're not happy with your counselor for any reason, at any time, you can request a new one for no additional charge. There's 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states available worldwide. And again, there's four ways to communicate with them. Text, chat, phone, and video. You can start communicating in under 24 hours. It's available on any desktop, mobile web, Android, and iOS apps. Schedule a video or phone session 
generally weekly, unless your therapist schedules more, uh, unless you just are really not sleeping and need to get some uh, some some additional chats in. Uh, there's broad expertise in the network, which may not uh, which may not be locally available in many areas. Financial aid is available for those who qualify. It's secure. It's convenient. It's professional. And above all, it's affordable, all right? It's truly the most affordable option I've found. So right now, all ALN listeners are going to get 10% off your first month with a discount code about last night. So why not get started today and start making some changes for the better in your life? You deserve it. So go to betterhelp.com slash about last night. Simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor that you'll love. That's betterhelp.com slash about last night. Betterhelp.com slash about last night and get 10% off your first month with promo code about last night. And now back to the episode. By the way, I'm in an alley right now. Can you imagine someone just hearing me? That was my next question. Who's the closest person <laughs> to see whatever the fuck you just did was? That's awesome. That's always the best. Are you when? How many of those little things in the show were uh, thought out or just in the moment? Like there were so many specific things not on paper. Like the way that you held your BlackBerry and tossed it in your hand when you were running into the elevator, or the way you flung open a door to the conference room, or the way that you sat down to start typing, or the way that you looked up from the computer and did a double take when you saw a client or your wife coming into the office. Like all these things. You know, I feel like Steve Carell is also a master at this uh, with 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 the office, where it's just you guys both do so much that's just not in the script, and it's I don't know if it's thought out or is it just instinctual once you get so locked into who the character is. Yeah, I mean, if you are locked in, and I mean, this will sound very incredibly pretentious, so forgive me, but if you're locked in and you have the givens of the scene and all that kind of stuff, and you throw yourself, it's just like. You know, you were talking about committing to any bit. You're just fully committing. And you're if you're even thinking about um, vanity or looking ridiculous, you're fucked. You just throw yourself in and you just you just are as present as possible as that character. And um, and and that's it, man. You uh, there with, with that particular character. He I, I studied a form called Commedia dell'arte, which is the first like literal form of acting where they had like kerosene lamps and white face. And it was a million years ago, Tim Robbins, the brilliant actor who you I'm sure you've heard of oh, yeah. my teacher. Oh, wow. And he taught me the form and you just commit and you're fully committed emotionally. It's like you're at a 10 at all times. So that's what that character was. He was fully committed every moment. And so, you know, you just invest fully. I started second city a million years ago with guys like Chris Farley, who were all, he was a, just a physical just a heathen, yeah. you know? And so, you know, uh, you just, you just swing for the fences, man. You know, that's it. What was it like being alive during that block of curb and entourage on HBO and how many people out of the woodworks? Cause I feel like that was again, you know, TV now is become an even bigger thing than it was, but that was a time too. when truly, I mean, every Sunday night, that might be the last time I truly sat down on a night and was like, I'm not going to do an open mic on this night. I'm going to make this my chill night because I've got a block of TV that I like fucking have been waiting for all week. And you know, I'm sure we had a little bit of time after that where there were still shows like that that people treated with with such high regard. But man, that was a crazy special time. And I just want to know what that time was like to live through as far as like, you know, do you have old math teachers hitting you up or fucking people from, you know, what I'm saying because it was just a bonkers time to for for TV and you were part of it in a big way. 
Yeah, you know, I guess because there was no social media, um, it was just prior to all that stuff. I had no idea. You know, it wasn't like I was, you know, now you you understand in real time how it's doing. Right. You know, and it wasn't like that at all. Um, I, I remember my first, like, inkling that it was kind of doing well was some people asked, hey, man, can we, can we come to your house and I'll watch it on a Sunday night? And I was like, yeah, you want to? Yeah, cool. I, I didn't, okay. And so we would watch it in, like, a group. So that was the only way I knew, um, you know what I mean? It just, it, you just didn't, we didn't have a way of, I, I had no idea, which I think is really healthy to be honest with you. 1000%. Yeah. So you wouldn't like go to restaurants or sporting events and people wouldn't be like, are we good or Lloyd or scream Lloyd? You know what I'm saying? Like, well, no, they, they definitely say like, I'm a douchebag because of you, bro. <laughs> Nice. Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah. Which is, you know, my, my work is done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My yeah. Work is done. Do you have a favorite? And I'm sure this is, you know, a broken record question, but because, you know, for me, some, like you said, those therapy scenes to me, those were some of the best scenes because in one in particular, when like you're trying to pitch uh, your wife on trying to uh, buy the business and how it's, you know, good business and 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 just there's so many layers and levels to it, dude, where you're just like and I'm going to butcher, but where you're like, I, you know, want you're like, no, I need like all the and it's just so it goes from zero to 60 and you're looking at it and there's so much love and, and you're trying to convince her to fucking go in on this and you're like, my judgment is never clouded when it comes to business it's a good goddamn business and then and then she's like all right like do it and then you're like cool and then you start the look in your eye of like wow she's got my back is so powerful and then you go to the therapist you know can we fucking hear it's just such a great scene where there's so many emotions um would you get more up for those or like i don't know big boardroom scenes like was there ever a particular day where your juices got extra hyped up you know or a special guest star or uh, there were, you, you have to get up for all of it. Yeah. There isn't a, there isn't a moment that you can phone in like this interview, Adam. <laughs> uh, I'm glad you said it, dude. <laughs> no, you know what I mean? It's we'll just, record the next you one. Know, you know, like, like the cliche of like athletes, no days off or any of that stuff. Right. You know, you just, you just fully commit. Cause you never know, like, what could be a special moment and you want to fully commit to all of it. Um, and like I said, it's, it was all mapped out. The, the dialogue, the, the givens, they're all there. Um, you know, when Larry David shows up on set and your hero is there and it was the one time in a decade of entourage where we improvised and he just, I just asked him, well, what's the scene about? And he's like, no, don't worry about it. And um, wow. so he wouldn't tell me what this, nothing. They just said, here's your mark. You meet Larry here. You'll end up here. You'll see drama here. And then you and Larry will end up here. Wow. And so as so Larry walks up to you and it's like your dream, it's a dream. It's like, I don't understand. You know, you said you'd have tickets for the game. I look up and you're on TV. You're, you're at the game. And then so I just have to just immediately in character start relating to him and, and explain why I didn't get him tickets. And it's like a dream come true. It's so fun. Was that, because, that was amazing. Was that because that was when you were going to get him? It was like, well, if we're going to get him, we're going to do it the way he wants to do it and is accustomed to acting, right? It's not having a script. A thousand percent. Yeah. That's incredible, percent. dude. Um, th- th- what is, has there been someone over the years that's um, from all of your success, dude, and, and even now with stand-up, like, that's 
come out of the woodworks or, I mean, an old friend or somebody that, that's really, you know, I'm always curious that because everybody experienced that for good or for bad. I mean, shit, there's a kid that I, I grew up with. Um, well, they lived in my neighborhood, and I never really liked them, but I was always cordial because that's how I am. Like even this kid was like, you know, he. I remember he'd like always give me shit for not smoking cigarettes when I was like ten, and just you know, he just had a bad, bad vibe, bad attitude. But I was always nice. We'd I'd still let him play in our pickup games in the neighborhood. But he hit me up on Facebook last night and sent me a message. I blocked him, but he's after this. But um, invite him to the block party, and and he goes, uh, he goes, starts it off by going, I don't like you at all, but I find myself hate laughing when I watch your shit. So that's something, right? Please don't respond. And I just messaged back, I hope it gets better, XOXO, and then I blocked them. Now, do you have people like that that, um, that was my dad, by the way, but do you have people like that that <laughs> hit you up that are like, holy shit, man, I always remember when you were like, you know, at NYU or, you know, um, I don't know if you had day jobs prior to, to getting in the biz, but like people that just along your path. Uh, I was performing uh, at an Air Force base for prisoners um, for Second City. And I and, um, you know, I was in the touring company and I went to the bathroom and I'm in the bathroom and I leave. And there's a guy being escorted in. And it's the dude that robbed my house and killed my dog. And there I'm I'm face to face with Julio. And there he is. And Julio and I fought in high school. And <laughs> we fought while we were both dressed. I was dressed up for Halloween. Uh, remember the Warriors? I had face paint on, you know, and, and I literally. And, and, you know, when you when when you get into a fight back in the day, you take your shirt off. Yes. And you fight. Yes. And um, it was. He was a he was he was a gangster, a real gangster. And I see him. And this is after I knew he had robbed my house and killed my dog and i'm looking at him and i just have that that moment of like what do we do i have to be on stage now you know what i mean so do i do i start unleashing on the on julio in the bathroom or do i get on stage and obviously i got on stage but i'm here to tell you when you're on stage performing in front of someone that evil you're not in the right space to create and it was just a real lesson in you know i mean we already know this you have to be totally present and confident and and in in that place where you you want to just you, you know to create on your highest level yes and i was just i was just unwatchable for that but it was it's very difficult to perform for someone like that. That's not the question you asked me. And <laughs> Love sorry that story, I veered off into that strange story. Way better response. <laughs> hey guys, Adam Ray here for the About Last Night podcast. As we've talked about on the show before, look, we're all trying to find out what's right for us in life. In and out of the bedroom. But relationships should add value to our lives, especially under the sheets. With the windows closed, the candles on, and the music at full capacity. So why don't we think the same way about our sex toys? That's right. Ladies, fellas, this ad is for you because we all like pleasure and it just comes in different forms and shapes and sizes. And Dame Products, D-A-M-E, Dame, 
is a woman-owned sex toy company making the next generation of vulva-tested, vulva-approved vibrators. Founded by a sex educator and an engineering whiz, Dame develops toys with the help of real humans and couples like you. They're closing the pleasure gap and helping the world one vulva at a time. Their vibrators and accessories are made with medical-grade silicone, smart design principles, and lots of love. Earning glowing press from the New York Times, W Magazine, and many more publications that love to see you feeling good. Now look, whether you're a couple looking for an extra boost, where it matters, you know what I'm talking about, wink, wink, you know, urethra, wink, wink, you know, clitoris. Um, which, by the way, when I first heard the name Dolores, I thought it was clitoris, and then it made me think how funny it'd be if someone was named clitoris. But then people kept saying Dolores because they were assuming that it's her name's not Clitoris. And then the person had to correct them and go, it's actually Clitoris. My my parents were hippies. Now, look, whether you want that boost uh, now or in a couple days, your journey of self-exploration sexually is your journey. So we are sure that you're going to want to earn a spot on your nightstand with a Dame sex toy. I recommend the Ava. It's a couple's vibrator giving you clitoral stimulation during penetrative sex. Penetrative, that's a tough word to say. Penetrative. During sex, its flexible wings tuck under your labia for a snug fit. Holy shit, that is descriptive, but sounds like a lot of fun if I had a labia. And the best part, Dame offers hassle-free returns within 60 days, so your satisfaction is literally guaranteed. Seems like there was a missed opportunity for a joke there. They should have had the returns be within 69 days. Get it? All right, I'm 10. So, look, go to dameproducts.com slash about last night for 15% off site-wide today. That's amazing. Everything, 50% off. Go to dameproducts.com slash about last night. I've already ordered some stuff because, look, you got to keep things fresh. You got to keep things exciting. You got to keep things interesting. And we all want pleasure. So, go to dame.com, D-A-M-E, products. Dameproducts.com slash about last night today for 15% off site wide products. Get that vibrator, get that stimulation, get your clitoris up and locked and loaded. And fellas, start giving back to the community the way you should have been from the get go. All right, and now back to the episode. All right, give me a positive uh, outcome. Any like old, you know, teacher or, um, you know, somebody that you, you worked with or a mom's friend that always had the hots for you, you know, like somebody that just, uh, that you really, you know, appreciated that appreciated you. Um, well, my, you, you mentioned my mom. She's uh, first of all, you, you're one of these people who I've watched. Like your crowd work is is incredible. Thanks, brother. You're you're so welcoming to everyone. You just you're like you're just a fucking savage, man. <laughs> because you're just peppering them with love before you crush them. And <laughs> well, it's but, a- oh man, that's, you're always like oh that's. You're always like, oh wow, that's that's an incredible name. It's amazing. What what, what are you up to? Oh wow, that's so that's so interesting. And uh, you know, you're just it's just a, a a festival of love, and then you drag them into the deep waters. It's just very, <laughs> well, it's it's very the, funny to watch. It's the it's the hit them and hug them rule. You know, it's like you got to fuck with them because everybody's got to get fucked with, and uh, but. You know, there's you don't have to be a total dickhead about it, and 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 I try to hopefully convey that because that's, you know, that's that's my favorite type of it. When people like, I don't know how you are with people that that bust your balls. There's always got to be a little rapport for me. So if I don't know these people in the crowd, getting a little bit of even if it's a couple sentences of just like, what do you do? Oh, cool, and like being on board with it and letting them know that I'm not you know celebrating is the right word, but just that I'm not out to get them, and also you know. 
just in getting more comfortable on stage and with silence, gathering more info uh, is uh, has been a great asset because you know I have been so in the past quick to be like shit. There's no laughs. Fucking say something funny instead of actually listening and trusting that I can build a moment, even if it is a minute in. You know, but um, exactly. Yeah. I've, I've I've learned a lot watching you, and it's crowd work is an art, man. And you can't if you if you have to just stay after it. And I, that's definitely a missing piece in my puzzle for sure. Well, it's, it's, I mean, you're fucking, you're getting after it, dude. And it's, and I've already seen leaps and bounds in the last couple of years. And I'm sure that's, that's right. We did. Oh, go ahead. Well, no, we performed, uh, in the round out in an alley recently. Speaking of alleys. Yes. <laughs> uh, at the supernova. Do you love which, that? Which is just so fun. It's a great spot, right? Love it. I love I love it. It's just you're in the round. It reminds me of growing up and doing theater, and I just love it. But you have to understand, people yell the craziest shit to me because they think they want me to yell at them, and they think they want me to go bad on them, but no one really wants that. No. You know? Tell my wife she's a rusty cunt bucket. You know, <laughs> sir, we're in front of a Cinnabon. <laughs> sir, I'm not going to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's too late. I have a rusty cunt bucket cut off at 7 p.m., sir. Um, wait, do you, okay. So, so in the spirit of, um, of you kind of, you know, adding these new arsenals to your, uh, your weaponry, um, the podcast, how you living with Jay Piven official drop date is yesterday. Perfect. And, um, (laughs) (laughs) it's out, it's, it's, it's out there and, and I've gotten to, to mix it up with some, some incredible people. And as you know, it's just so fun. You know, you just, if, if you're cur- genuinely curious about someone, that was my question. Then what's better. Yeah. You have, I a mean, gen- I'm sitting, yeah. I'm sitting there talking, I'm talking with, um, Jorge Masvidal, you know, <sighs> the Cuban Jesus game bread, fastest knockout in the UFC. And, um, I just remember that he had this transition where he went into the jungle and then when he came out, he started just, crushing everyone mm. and so i asked him about that and how his entire life changed it's like i'm just genuinely interested in all these people like how jamie fox made the transition from stand-up into acting yeah man does he miss stand-up and what's going on with that and wow cool you know uh you know his uh, and it's just we basically you know we our, our job is to hang out with people we're curious about so yes. It's kind of amazing. And I saw you got Mark Cuban on. I mean, that's I'm fascinated by that dude, man. I mean, to still and even in those clips you posted um, about him talking about basketball is so because he truly is a once in a lifetime type owner, somebody that's just that much of a fan that wants to be down shooting with them and gets that involved and, uh, you know, has kind of really changed the uh, dynamic of of how involved an owner can be and and the personal stuff. I mean, you hear from, uh, you know, like even I think it was Dirk's retirement, um, how much, you know, Cuban, uh, you know, means to him and what he's done for him. And it's like, you know, when you give a shit and you care enough about that, which is rare in sports to have an owner that truly you're like, he's not down there shooting hoops just because it's a fantasy kid thing, which uh, for sure anyone would do that and understand that. But it's because he's also trying to like be like, yo, I'm here. Like, I'm, you got me at your disposal. And I was like, really, uh, really impressed by that. So I can't wait to listen to that one. Yeah. And, and for whatever reason, the people feel so comfortable with me that they just <laughs> let their guard down. 
Right. Like at one point I just, I just said, I played a douchebag and people think I'm a douchebag. You're an actual douchebag. Yeah. And he's like, I know baby, but I'm good at it. <laughs> and he just starts like, sell. he just starts taking a victory lap. And it's just like people aren't afraid to be exactly who they are when I sit down with them. And that's always been the case with me for some reason, people. And I'm, I'm honored by that, that they feel comfortable with me. Cause I think they sense that I respect them and I'm curious about them. And then, so there's a, a level of trust and, I think it's the same with you. People probably feel the same way with you. Oh, yeah. Also, you're now my six degrees of separation from Cuban, and I do want to get on Shark Tank. Maybe you can help me out with that. I've got an idea for a grilled cheese maker that also jerks you off in the shower. This is something that you know I need to send off like to get the prototype. But you know, if you want to loosely pitch that to him next time, you're you know sending Bro, him. Tech. I think I think everybody wins with that. It's combining think, the best think, of both worlds. But by the way, it's so brilliant. You put it out into the universe, so you have to get after that right away. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's so good. I've, I I am gonna. I feel like there's no sarcasm with that from you, and I feel like that's just all full on support as a friend. All right, Jared. So how you living with with Jay Piven is out now. Amazing guest, amazing conversations. It looks fucking great, which is which is big for pods. Um, and uh, no one's calling in on a cell phone, so that's great. Jared, I want to close this out with um with something um that I don't know if you've done before, but uh, inside the actor studio was a great. Uh, favorite um, show of mine, RIP the late James Lipton. I would love to close this out yeah. with a 10 question questionnaire to get to know, deep dive. Oh, and we lost him. <laughs> what is that, dude? The timing on that is perfect. I think his phone was going to die and it fucking died right before we closed out. You know what? That's, hey, TBD, you know, you can't have everything. That's a great example that life ain't fair. And also, that's a great teaser for, for I guess, when we get him back on the pod. But. Well, there it was. There he was. Oh, is he coming back? No. Oh, that's just me. All right, we're still going. Guys, hope you enjoyed this episode with Jeremy Piven. Go check out his podcast, How You Living with Jay Piven. Follow him on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I believe he's just uh, Jeremy Piven for all that. Let's check it out here. Uh, yeah, Jeremy Piven for all that. And go see him on uh, on tour. He's out there doing stand-up comedy. Um, you guys have been great. Uh, I want to give a quick shout-out to my man uh, DJ with his uh, ZOA, Zero Sugar. Uh, sugar, zero carbohydrate, uh, carbohydrates, no sodium, uh, a little bit of sodium, um, but it's just the uh, the best energy drink out there. I can't start my day or finish it without it. Also, a quick shout out. They're not a sponsor, but um, cheese. I love it. Um, it's good. Everything in moderation. It goes great. I'm toast. It's good. Uh, good with tomatoes. I like this by itself. You don't have to dip it in anything. And um, come see me in Atlantic City this Saturday, July 24th, two shows, 730 and 930. And uh, going to have a blast. And then Seattle, end of August. Tons of shows around town in L.A. And then I go to Australia to do season two of Young Rock in October. And uh, so if you guys know any good steroid people um, trying to fucking beef up, get that full on Vince. Fucking, you know, got to get those Popeye arms. I'm already starting the process, but, you know. Everybody needs a little boost. And sometimes that boost could be <laughs> something that's not legal. All right. Thanks for listening. Have a good week. Peace. Seeking the truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.